Turn to Psalm chapter number 38. Psalms chapter number 38. And uh, I usually try to be transparent with you, and I'm going to do the same tonight. This is not at all what I planned on preaching. As a matter of fact, me and the Lord talked about it a little bit this afternoon because I had planned on preaching on obedience. And I got everything together, and then the Lord said, all right, turn to Psalm chapter 38. And I I said, Lord, I thought it was about obedience. And he said, well, that was for you, so turn over to Psalm chapter number 38. So the Lord, he just does what he wants to, and we just got to be obedient. Isn't that right? So uh, let's start reading in verse number one. I, I'm going to do the best I can this evening. I'm just going to share some thoughts that I wrote down. Uh, I'm just going to lean heavy on the Word of God and let it preach itself this evening. All right, so verse number one, chapter number 38, the Bible says here, O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. For thine arrows stick fast in me, and thy hand presseth me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For mine iniquities are gone over mine head as in heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I'm troubled and I'm bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. For my loins are filled with the loathsome disease and there is no soundness in my flesh. I'm feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Lord, all of my desire is before thee and my groaning is not hid from thee. My heart panteth, my strength faileth me. As for the light of mine eyes, it also is gone from me. My lovers and my friends stand aloof from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. They also that seek after my life lay snares for me, and they that seek my hurt speak mischievous things and imagine deceits all the day long. But I, as a deaf man, heard not, and I was as a dumb man that openeth not his mouth. Thus I was as a man that heareth not, and in whose mouth are no reproofs. For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. Thou wilt hear, O Lord, my God. For I said, hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slippeth, they magnify themselves against me. For I am ready to halt, and my sorrow is continually before me. For I will declare mine iniquity. I will be sorry for my sin. But mine enemies are lively, and they are strong. And they that hate me wrongfully are multiplied. They also that render evil for good are mine adversaries, because I follow the thing that good is. Forsake me not, O Lord, O my God. Be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Let's look real quick again at verse 18. For I will declare mine iniquity. I will be sorry for my sin. Let's pray together this evening. Father, uh, Lord, I, I come before you this evening asking for help as I preach your word. Lord, I want to be obedient to you. And God, I, I ask that you would open all of our hearts that are here this evening Lord, we've come together and we have lifted up the name of, of Christ and we are thankful uh, for your uh, faithfulness to us, Lord. And we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for salvation. We thank you for the many blessings that we can see in our life. And God, I, I pray that this evening that you will help me as I preach your word, that the Holy Spirit will do his perfect work in each heart, Lord. Lord, I ask all these things in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. All right. So, uh a little bit different from preaching on obedience, but I, I want to preach on when a believer sins. Um, I, I have preached before um, out of uh, Psalms 51 on David. And, you know, you look at David and sometimes I feel kind of bad for him because his life is just there on display. You know, his failures over and over, all these 
these great failures that he did. And I think about myself, and I'm sure you can think about yourself and how you would feel for the world to see all of your faults and all of your failures. But it, it's a God put this here for a, an example for us that we can see this and that we can be warned and that we can be reminded. What I want for my life, and I hope that you want for yours as a believer, is for God to use me. Um, and God can and God will, but if we are become lazy about our faith, if we allow sin to begin to creep in, um, then at that point, God, God cannot bless that. He won't bless that if we're giving ourselves over to sin. And so I caution you this evening um, to take a few minutes as we go through this to just look at yourself at where you are in your walk with the Lord. Are you as close as you've ever been um, or have you found yourself a little further than you should be? Um, this is good opportunity for us to do that. So the first thing that I want to mention this evening about what what sin does to us as believers is that it causes pain for us. It causes suffering in our life. I can go back and share testimony about times in my life and, and won't go into detail, uh, but times in my life where I have uh, allowed myself to get away from serving the Lord faithfully as I should, and then immediately you can see the destruction that begins to take place. Uh, you know, the, an, a great example I heard, and I've shared it with young people many times, is that when you know when you start to let sin into your life, it's not like it just suddenly just breaks the door down and comes in and just turns the lights out on you, but it'll just dim just a little bit, just enough you don't notice it. Um, and and those of us that have experienced that, we know, you know, that this is something we need to be very cautious of. And, and we try to give a great effort to warn young people. I'm fearful that in society today, uh, young people, I know that they don't. They don't value the wisdom of of elderly people like past generations did. I was blessed to be raised by old people. So all you old people, I love you all to death. That's my crowd. I mean, after Sunday, we'd go to the hospital to eat lunch in the cafeteria. That was, that's what we did. That's where all their friends were, you know. So, uh, but, but, you know. <laughs> But I, I appreciate the wisdom passed down from generation to generation and the truth that there is in that and and how good it is to to see this warning and, and be reminded of the suffering that that we find when when we let sin into our life. I, I have written here out of verse number two that this suffering um, that we suffer in the conviction um, that we feel when we sin. Um, God is a wonderful heavenly father. And how guilty of a feeling that it is when we turn our back on him. That's what we're doing. We're turning our back. We're forsaking him. We're choosing to do wrong. I, I circled there in my Bible where David wrote here. He says, for thine arrows stick fast and thy hand presseth me sore. Whose arrows? Whose hand? It's God's hand. Why? Because he loves us so much that, that his hand presses upon us, that his finger pushes into our heart to say, you know what you're doing is wrong. You know the path that I have for you is so much better than this path that you're choosing right now. And that brings that suffering. That brings that pain into our life through that conviction. But, you know, I can say that I'm thankful for that. You know, times and at times where I have thought that I could choose better and I've gone down that path, uh, it's been a little bit of a painful journey. But you look back and you see, one, that God was right and I was wrong. And you see, too, that God was forgiving the whole time, that God was there the whole time. 
that God made sure that even through my own foolishness, these times he was convicting me, showing me I was wrong, that just as a father holds the hand of a son, that he was there with me the whole the whole time. But so be warned of that. If if you have that, uh, if you're being convicted of things, be reminded you're you're starting down a path of suffering. I also have uh, noted here in verse number four um, that it, it causes us to become overwhelmed. Now I don't know about all of you, uh, but I don't particularly like to be overwhelmed or to feel anxious about things. Um, I probably um, share it more than I should. I'm a little bit talkative sometimes, and so I'll just. You know, I'll blabber all kinds of problems I got going on in life to all kinds of people. Uh, not to complain, just because I like talking to folks, you know. Uh, but if we're not careful, if we start down that path of sin, um, then we're going to find ourselves uh, in over our head. Look at verse number four with me. It says, uh, for mine iniquities are gone over my head as a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. Those of you that that. Before you were saved, lived in sin, uh, you know, great, great amount of sin. Know that when you got saved, and even for those of us, you know, I was raised in a Christian home, and even for me, but I'm sure for those that were living more wickedly, when you got saved, that burden just lifted. Clean, clean pure, the blood of Christ washed the sins away. And But when we when we start down that path again, we feel that weight that that sin presses on us. But it, it holds us back. Um, it keeps us from being able to serve in the way that God would have us to do. Think about this. If 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 we were to ask ourselves, do we choose, if we could lead somebody to the Lord today, is that what we would want to do? Then all of us Christians would shake our head and say, well, yes, that's what I want to do. But how often are we letting sin, maybe, maybe what we consider small things, uh, Get in the way where God's not going to uh, use us in the manner that he might use somebody else that's in the word every day, praying every day, striving every day for him. I don't want to have to stand before the Lord one day knowing that he wanted to do so much more within my life that because of my poor life decisions, he chose to use somebody else. I don't I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine today at work, and uh, he told me that a, a girl that he works a second job that he works with, that her uh, her fiancé died of a heart attack. He was 36 years old, 36 years old and died of a heart attack. We began talking about death. You know, that's always an open door, to talk about the Lord and, and to be able to share the gospel. And, and he, he makes a profession of faith. But, um, you know, I'm, I made the comment to him that so many folks, they don't deal with the, the reality of their of their death. They don't face their own mortality. And we're all going to stand before the Lord one day. And we're going to have to face for the decisions you made today, for the decisions you've been making lately. And you have to really ask yourself, have they been for the Lord? Or are you allowing yourself to become overwhelmed and weighed down because of your sin? So we suffer because of our conviction. We suffer in that we become overwhelmed. Um, also, look with me in verse number uh, six. Um, it says, I'm troubled. I'm bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. I have written down here that our guilt steals away our daily thoughts. You know, when you start down that path, you find yourself thinking about the things you know that you're doing wrong. That's that conviction coming back. That's the Holy Spirit dealing with you about these things. And you find your mind consumed on these things and think and knowing that you should be doing better, but it steals your thoughts away. Thoughts that could be 
praising the Lord. Thoughts that could be thinking of wonderful memories of how God has blessed you recently. Instead, it's the darkness of your own sin that started to become upon you and are still in your thoughts. We ought not live that way. That's not the life that Christ uh, chose for us to live, but a pure and clean life, a, a, a path for us to walk down that's going to bring peace and happiness and make us content in our life. Look with me in verse number seven. I have written here for or, uh, the, the Bible says, for my loins are filled with a loathsome disease and there is no soundness in my flesh. I wrote here that in, when we sin, our suffering, it causes us, we corrupt ourselves. And again, like I said earlier, that God won't God won't bless that. An example I give young people all the time is that, you know, we're we're a vessel for the Lord to use to choose. And if we dirty ourselves, um, God's not going to choose a dirty vessel. The same way as if you open, you know, open the cabinet up to get a cup out and you got a clean one and a dirty one, you're going to go with the clean one. That's an easy one for young people to understand. So I'm sure young follow me on that one, too. So but but think but think about this. I mean. And the the real focus I want our minds to be on is looking at where we are with ourselves with the Lord. Can we look at ourselves and say that we know that we're clean, a clean vessel for the Lord to be using? Not that do you know that you're saved. You should know that. But if you know that you're saved, are you living like a saved person ought to be living? One of the greatest failures over the last few generations in this country has been getting away from the word of God. And let me say what Christians ought to be doing, and I hope that we're doing this, and I know there's times we all fail, but we ought to really be digging into God's word. We ought to be able to answer the questions of our children and grandchildren. We ought to be able to guide them through God's word and be able to, because this is where truth lies. There is no other truth in the world but the word of God. There is nothing else that we can lean on and rely on other than God's word. And so we have to make sure that we're, we are not living in the corruption of sin that's going to make us suffer, like David was talking about that he was experiencing here, as many of us has, has experienced before, yet sometimes we still choose to go down that path. But instead, we should be living purely for the Lord and for his purpose. So we see here that it brings suffering, but also that it, it brings upon us isolation. You ever felt alone? I have. Sometimes I like to be alone. But not alone and away from the Lord alone, not that kind of isolated, maybe alone from three children sometimes <laughs> drink. Just let me drink my coffee when I wake up in the morning. Um, but I don't want to be isolated from the Lord. Uh, some of the most precious times for me are when I am away from people, but I but I'm with the, I'm fellowshipping with the Lord. Um, just just knowing that he is there and, and knowing that he is uh, that he cares and that he hears me. Um, I wrote here that our isolation causes us to become weak, both spiritually and even physically. Look at verse number 10. My heart panteth, my strength faileth me, as for the light of mine eyes, it is also gone from me. So the further away that we're going to get from the Lord, obviously the weaker we're going to become spiritually. But I know I have seen, and I'm sure you probably have seen too, just the general health of people all around seems to decline. Now, I'm not throwing some wild thing out there to say if you get away from the Lord, you're immediately going to get sick and die. Um, but when you get away from the Lord, that tends to lead to poor decisions that end up affecting you all the way around, spiritually, mentally, physically. All of these things start to go downhill. 
I mean, the, the key is staying close and not allowing ourselves to become isolated and, and separated um, from from uh, living for the Lord and all the wonderful things that come with that. I also noted out of verse number 10, it says in the end there, as for the light of mine eyes, and I think this is so sad, as for the light of mine eyes, it is also gone from me. I can say there's been times like that in my life. I've been ashamed of that. But, time, you know, if you, I like to hunt, and whenever you're able to go out and actually take an animal, um, once that animal's dead, you know, its eyes kind of glaze over. That light's gone. And life is no longer there. And if life is no longer within someone, there can't be any joy there either if it's just death. It's a joyous thing to live for the Lord. But as a Christian, if you find yourself heading into sin, then it's going to steal your joy and just it completely bring a feeling of, of despair and death upon you. Of no hope, quite honestly, because the only hope we have is Christ. So if we're walking away from him, then what else is there? There's nothing, there's nothing that's there. Verse number 11. My lovers and my friends stand aloof from my, from my sore and my kinsmen stand afar off. Also, we become isolated from our loved ones that begin to distance our, uh, themselves from us. Um, I would say we probably all have experienced friends or people that have chosen to get out of church and get away from the Lord. Um, and they, they end up separated from us. Maybe not necessarily because we want that. Or they want that, but it is the natural course of those that are walking away from the Lord. If I'm going to walk right in line with the Lord and you're going to, you're going to veer off this way, we're just not going to be together anymore. Uh, and I think that it's important. This is a little bit of a, a side note, but for those of us that are raising kids and those of you that have good influence on grandkids and aunts and uncles and all these other wild little animals that run around here is the importance of teaching these young people that, that, that they need to yoke up with other Christian folks. That, that, I know that that's not the popular thing. The popular thing is you ought to just be buddy buddy with everybody. And I do believe you ought to be, uh, cordial. That's the word I learned from them old folks that raised me. Cordial to everybody. But you ought to, the, your close friends, the ones that you're really yoked up with, that ought to be other Christian folks, other believers that are, that, you know, that you can, I mean, I remember Brother Toby and I being young teenagers, well, not too young, but probably, you know, 16, 17. Man, we sit, we play video games. We just talk about the Bible all night long. I mean, what wonderful fellowship for kids to have to just spend time together to do that. So if we, if we head down this path of sin, we end up isolated. Maybe not actually isolated from a spouse or, or but, but spiritually, mentally, you're going to feel isolated if you go down that path. If you've started down that path, you're going to end up feeling there. And so I, I warn you from that. But then also, an obvious thing we know about isolation is Satan takes a lot of advantage of that right there. Look at verse number 12. They also that seek after my life lay snares for me, and they that seek my hurt speak mischievous things and imagine deceits all the day long. It, you know, we've all seen the videos of lions taking down gazelle and all of that. And what do they go for? They go for the weak one that ends up separated from the rest. We are the most prone to fall deeper and deeper into sin when we are, when we either allow ourselves to isolate uh, from from others or intentionally do it on purpose, uh, because at that point um, we're no match for the devil. We don't have that power. That's the Lord. And if we're trying to walk away from the Lord, 
the Lord might just take his hand back and give us a real good lesson right there and chastise us real good to remind us, if you want this protection, it's going to come from me. You need to stay real close to me and I'll take care of you. Um, and so sin will cause suffering. Sin will cause uh, isolation. Um, but then lastly, the right thing to do is sin must be confessed. It's got to be confessed. Look at uh, verse number 15 with me. For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. Thou will hear, O Lord my God. How, what wonderful three words. Thou will hear. I mean, in the, in the depths of the darkest sin, he will hear. If, if you've been out for years, he will hear. Uh, to the most wicked person that you could imagine. I know a lot of times we, and it is right. I'm not saying it's wrong. A lot of times we talk about the drunkard and the drug addict. We could list off a lot more that we would be disgusted with, but Christ died for them too, and he will hear them too. We must be, if if in your life you have started, you, you've either started down this path or you've been in it for a long time, turn around. God will hear you. He wants, he is there to listen to you. You know, I was sharing with the young people recently out of Acts chapter 8 with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuchs, fun little lesson to teach them. But I got to think, a lot of times I focus on Philip, but I got to thinking about that eunuch. You know, he was out in that desert all by himself. And all that wonderful things that God was doing with Philip, people were getting saved. I mean, it's all over the place. But there was one guy way out there, and God knew that person was looking for truth. He heard, that guy's trying to read. That guy's trying to learn. That guy wants to know. And so God God does hear. You know, there's been times that I felt like I have just messed up too far. Like I, like I just, it's a, I, I've messed up. I can't do nothing anymore, Lord. And lo and behold, God sweeps in and just takes control. You know, that's the key is yielding ourselves to the Lord. A lot of times we want, we want the Lord in our life, but we want it to be a part of our life. We, we, we want to make it a section of our life, but the, the Bible way, is you just give yourself wholly over to the Lord, 110%, and just say, God, I can't fix this. God, I can't do this. I can't deal with this. I have no control of any of this. All I'm going to do today is focus on my Savior, and I'm going to ask you to go down this road and deal with every single thing for me. And the wonderful thing about that is, man, you start seeing prayer after prayer answer. That's when you know you serve a real God, like Brother Kenny was saying. Answered prayer, specific prayer that starts getting answered. You start seeing that take place. So uh, we got to confess our sin, knowing that God does hear that sin. But then also verse 18, that one we kind of focused on there at the end. That's really what I want our the end focus to be on is uh, we got to name our sin to the Lord. Now, I, I know you may not be able to remember every single thing you've done, and I, I can't either. And the Lord does know. But I think that if there's something specific that has that has been the besetting sin, you ought to deal with that thing directly to the Lord. Don't don't try to spruce it up and make it look any nicer. Go straight to the Lord and just tell the Lord, I, I have been awful about this. I've been lazy. I've been bitter. I've been wicked in this area of my life, God. Lord, forgive me for this. And name it and deal with that thing. I mean, it, it, we're, either, we're either serious about this or we're playing games. And, and to do this right and to get serious, there's times we're going to have to have some hard conversations about how rough we can be. But God knows that. He doesn't excuse it, but he knows it. 
and he'll forgive every time. So we got to name that sin. But then also I see in verse number 18, what's David say here? As he said many times in his life, I will be sorry for my sin. We got to humble ourselves before the Lord. We got to be humble. Uh, God doesn't, God hates pride. The Bible tells us that. But, you know, when I look at, at me, because I'm the only one I guess I can look at and really know the most about, I don't see anything exciting or special about me. As a matter of fact, I don't really know why the Lord would want to use me in any, well, any capacity, to be honest with you. And I think, I think most people that are trying to humbly serve the Lord would probably say something similar. Um, you know, I, I'm, I, Brother Toby says all the time, there's nothing special about him. He's just serving the Lord. Brother Larry says the same type of stuff all the time. Brother Taylor, other uh, godly men and, and you women that are here. We just have to give ourselves over to the wonderful Savior that we serve and be reminded that when the devil's trying to deceive us with sin, it will destroy us. It will destroy our families. It will destroy our testimony. All this hard work that we may have put into people trying to bring them to Christ trying to convince them of the truth of the gospel. Just like that, we can start ruining it. We need to be very cautious in our life. So in closing, I I want you to think about this. Where are you at with the Lord? Are you close? Have you started down the path of sin? Are you way down the path? That's between you and the Lord. I don't know. But that's what I want you to think about as we have this altar call. Um, and I, I'm sure you all know, but I just want to disclaim it anyway. If somebody does feel the need to come down and to pray this evening, praise the Lord for it. And, and hey, if you got family members that's, that you know are out in sin, come down and pray for them too. All right, let's bow our heads. We'll pray real quick. The piano player can come on up. That's all I got this evening. Father, I thank you for how good you are. Lord, I just want to be obedient. Uh, Father, I'm, there is nothing to me. Uh, but there's everything in you, Lord, and you have proved it in my life over and over and over and over again. And God, I'm so thankful. Lord, I pray that you would bless this evening in the hearts of, of your people, Lord, and, and just let us be humble, Lord. If there's people who need to deal with sin, uh, Lord, let them deal with it tonight. Uh, Lord, if there's people that's got family members that are uh, that are away, that have walked away or that have just got out and sins wrecking their life. Lord, let them pray for them this evening. Just deal with us as we need to be dealt with, Father. Amen.